Roberto ha chiuso bene il Bari che prova ancora con Cassano posizione regolare grande controllo in velocità di Cassano in area di rigore Cassano ancora rientra sul destro Antonio Cassano This goal was scored by the one and only Antonio Cassano in the 87th minute for Bari to beat Inter by two goals to one at the Stadio San Nicola. This goal was a massive goal for Bari as Bari ended up finishing 14th that year. At the time, Serie A used to only have 18 teams with four sides getting relegated and Bari only beat the drop by three points. So this goal was massive for Bari in the long run and it's been almost 22 years to the day since that goal was scored. Cassano would go on to score 125 goals for club and country in a career spanning 18 years playing for the likes of course Bari, Roma, Real Madrid, Sampdoria, Milan, Inter, Parma, Samp again and finally finishing his career at Ver- Verona. Cassano will forever be remembered for one of his infamous quotes when he said when I arrived at Real Madrid I lost 12 kilos immediately then I gained them all back Nutella was one of the club sponsors and each month they would give us 5 kilograms of the product and uh, he also has another one this is my personal favorite he also said that I have rejected Juventus four times in my career it's a beautiful pussy but doesn't get me horny hello and welcome to Serie A Spotlight episode 16 of Serie A Spotlight we are your hosts I'm Santi and I'm Mintoff and uh, we're filling in basically for Matt and Jake. They're in Amsterdam. Um, getting, living the life. Oh. Living the life. Getting fucked up. And we're here. And we're here trying to fill in and make sure this podcast doesn't go to shit. Doing their work for them, as usual. In some so, so, yeah, we're the slaves. <laughs> but the slaves which are willing to work was the, the bourgeoisie are enjoying their life. <laughs> um, if you want to imagine what we look like, for those of you listeners that don't know what we look like, just imagine the most spherical heads, like the, the, honestly, the <laughs> roundest heads on the island. Like imagine a couple of oranges, eh, like in a fruit bowl, just having a chat. Like just imagine that. And this is two shiny heads. Yeah, Jabulani's like. <laughs> with, with glasses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And beards. All right, shall we get to it? Just a reminder to give us a like on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Seria Spotlight. And we're going to kick it off with the... With the first game, which was Napoli against Sassuolo, which ended in a 2-2 draw. What was uh, very exciting about this game was that uh, Sassuolo were coming off a strong win against Milan, 3-1, where they they beat Milan uh, away from home. And uh, Napoli, although not invincible, have been very clinical as of late. And uh, the game got off to a very good start with uh, chances for both sides. Zelinski and Ferrari both coming very close to a goal. With Ferrari almost scoring, uh, had it not been for some heroics by Ospina, who made a great save from a corner. Uh, the deadlock did finally get broken at the beginning of the second half, in the 51st minute, from yet another loss of possession from uh, Sassuolo's defensive half. Uh, Traore lost the ball after a poor pass, which um, was meant for Ferrari. Merton stole the ball, offloaded it to Zelensky on the edge of the box. He squared the ball back. To Fabian Ruiz, who has a habit of scoring from this distance lately, mm. and uh, and he he scored a really good goal um, at the edge of the box. So an- another one for him, number five for the season. Uh, eight minutes later, in the 59th minute, Napoli doubled their lead, thanks to a very good spell of position. Di Lorenzo was sprinting down the right flank, then passed the ball to Mertens. 
with a deflection from Kyrgyz, the ball found itself back to Zelinski with another assist in this game, crossed the ball beautifully into the six-yard box. Mertens then, with a great control of the ball, opened himself up to strike the ball fiercely into the bottom left-hand corner, 2-0, Napoli. Looks like game over at this point. However, Sassuolo were not ready to go down without a fight, and they pulled one back in the 71st minute, thanks to a very good pass by Raspadori. Um, an oncoming Kyriakopoulos then decided to become Cristiano Ronaldo for four <laughs> seconds with some uh, flip-flaps and step-overs. He did some fancy footwork, crossed the ball into the box to the man in form, the, the Peter Crouch of Italy, as I like to call him, <laughs> Gianluca Scamacca. He controls the ball beautifully with his chest, opens himself up and then lands a fierce first-time volley into the roof of the net. Absolutely brilliant from my point of view. Yeah, Almost as good as the as the Milan goal, if not even better. Really? You think so? I think so. Oh. It's just that uh, he had so much composure to like chest it down mm. and then hit it just with one shot, uh, with one uh, with one touch. It was, uh, I found it brilliant. Ah, it's a good goal, but I think Ospina could have done better because it was it was quite central. It was top court. Uh, well, it was high as in. It was a really strong shot though. Yeah. Ah, point blank. I mean, I mean, as well. you are right. He did, he could have done it a bit better. Yes. Um, and then just to, to wrap up the game, the the game was drawn uh, thanks to uh, an 89th minute uh, set piece play by uh, by Berardi. Beautiful cross, curled it all the way into the box, and uh, the captain, Mr. Ferrari for Sassuolo, was the one to rise highest and uh, head the ball into the back of the net. There was some drama at the very end of the game. Momentum was on Sassuolo's side, and they almost won, but due to a VAR decision, the third goal was cancelled out which would have been Gregoire Defrel's first goal of the season. Sassuolo will definitely be the happier of the two, coming back to gain one point against the league leaders. And um, I'd definitely say Sassuolo are uh, starting to become giant killers of some mm. sorts. What well, do you think? To be fair, you are a Sassuolo fan, so you're going to always praise them, you know what I mean? But I think, you know, they are, they are. And they play really good attacking football. I really like their their style of play. They've got really good forwards, you know, Boga, Duricic, Skamaka, mm-hmm. like you mentioned today, and obviously Baraidi. Um, you know, but their defence, man, honestly, they need... Their defence is so bad. It's, I mean, the first goal is simply defensive errors uh-huh. again. I mean, and it's not even a defender this time. It's Traore just losing mm. the ball. In, in their defensive half yeah. it's just the way that they play they like to play from defence and carry the ball forward and then mm-hmm. offload it to the wingers but you need you need to have good delivery especially mm-hmm. at the back you know yeah. no defensive organisation just vibes kind of you know what I mean they they, they have but the thing is they don't have bad defence individually they don't they have don't. bad defenders no. No. but uh, they, they don't it's like they don't focus enough I don't know what it is it's just like I think they, there's like too much trust mm. within each other and sometimes they're like, you know, a bit of a lazy pass mm. and it just ends up being, you know, a bit lacklustre and, you know, you can't do those kinds of things against Napoli yeah. or, or, or anything like that. Mm. Fair enough, yeah. Mm. What's also <clears throat> interesting about this game is that Napoli have another injury yeah. to add to their list. Koulibaly. And it's Mr. Kalidou. Kalidou yeah. Koulibaly has been injured. He's going to be a massive loss for them. Man. He is, he is. I, I mean, to be fair, they're going to lose him anyway in January because of the African Cup of Nations. Along with Angusa. Angu- yeah, he's, a, he's been good. Huh? He's, been, he's been great. He's been a great player. Uh, they them. would have lost Sashimen, but lost. I mean, they lost him anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, but they don't have Malanas either. So it's just Rahmani. And I think Juan Jesus came on for for did, yes. He came on as a substitute so, for this. For, so for I, I don't I wonder who's gonna play. I don't know maybe Juan Jesus actually plays. 
there. Mean, he'll have to, eh? Yeah. At least for at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I don't know how the financial situation is at Napoli, mm. but they might be desperately looking yeah. to sign somebody to to fill in the ranks a little bit. Yeah, for, I, they probably need to. Um, Manas can has they, been can they sell anyone way. from that team and get some money? Uh, I mean, they've got they've got an overload of forwards. Like I would remove Lozano, to be honest. And I'm not I'm Lozano. not a fan of the guy. To you be would honest, remove Lozano. They might be biased because I had him in Fanta and he was absolutely terrible. <laughs> but I, I I think they've got better forwards than him. Mm-hmm. There's also Squidward, Politano. Hmm. Politano, yeah, he's also a fantastic player. Oh, they can't get rid of him though. I think they've got better ones than him. I don't know. Twenty million, I guess. Twenty-five yeah. for Lozano. Uh, yeah, Lozano would be more than Politano for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I, uh, they, I, they do need a centre back to to yeah. back up a bit. Mm-hmm. I think them letting go of Maximovic was a bit of a mistake in that regard. But we've had Maximovic has been injured as well, almost was, all the season. Yes, so it's, it's been injury season, and, and we should talk about we'll talk about injuries a bit later. Yeah, we'll, we'll. One other point I wanted to mention, this is a, this is a couple about this game, was uh, this Kamaka versus Raspadori mm. uh, whole scenario. Like, it now seems that like Skamaka has been pushed to the left-hand side and mm-hmm. Skamaka is um, is the main striker now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to see it. I, I think it just makes more sense. Maybe Raspadori wasn't the right man to be the number nine or wow. the number yeah. ten there. Uh, I think there's just too much pressure mm-hmm. for such a small and you know. Yeah, Skamaka's a big guy. So a big he guy. Had, I think he can handle the pressure a little bit, yeah. a little bit more. No, his, no. His finishing seems to be quite good. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I mean, he scored two baggers now. He's yeah, Kamaka, yeah. So. And he had two goals against Genoa, which were also quite good. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I really hope he keeps it up. And uh, I really hope that he can not emulate what Caputo was because he's a different no. striker com- completely. Mm-hmm. But be the guy that they can, you know, rely on a bit more because. Last year, Caputo and the year before that, they they really relied on on, on him. Of course, Berardi as well mm-hmm. to get the goals. So, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I I hope it's more of a hope than a, than anything else at this point. Really, that he can keep on emulating this kind of form, or yeah. Raspadori can pick something up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Also, another another interesting point is. Boga has been rumored to Atalanta yeah, by the way for that, 25 million. I think that would be a really good move. I think especially specifically for Boga because mm-hmm. I think Gasperini can make him into an animal to be honest. Um technically Atalanta don't really need more forwards because they've got one too many. Old, yeah. man. Yes, that's Inch true. Is that's old. true. And I think that he's looking long term Gasperini mm-hmm. into this move. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he's definitely Better than Miranchuk or and I I like Miranchuk and Malinovsky like but they they I don't think they're at the same level I think Boga no. is, is is a bit of a level above I think it suits their system really well and Boga really likes to run and defend yeah, and, and, yeah. and just cause trouble in that way. direct similarly to Gomez in some way of course Gomez is a different player he was mm-hmm. a, you know center attacking midfielder mm-hmm. and he liked to have all the ball Boga mm-hmm. likes it but Boga likes to run down the flank yeah. so. But in the same in the same sense that Gomez also like to dribble and run on the mm. flank and yeah yeah you know no, he's good he's really good and you know man that guy he went to Sassuolo really by chance because he actually he had started Ch- for ex- Chelsea, Chelsea he started for Chelsea um, in the first game of the second season with when Conte was there and. Chelsea got a red card after like 10 minutes. Gary Cahill got sent off, I remember very well. And because he got he sent off, Boga was the guy that got the axe. And from then on, he went on loan to, I think, Birmingham. And then mm-hmm. now he's at Sassuolo. And I think two years ago, he was like the the player with the most dribbles, most successful dribbles in the top five leagues. Like So ahead wow. of people like Messi, Neymar, Hazard, etc. Yeah, he, he, he did really well. He's done really well. Yeah. Um, so, 
to wrap up this game, Napoli end, uh, ended the week, the game week, still in first with 36 points, whereas Sassuolo climbed up to 12th, finally, uh, with 19 points, and they're just four points separating them from eighth. Very good, very good. Um, the second game uh, we're going to mention is Genoa versus Milan, ended in a 0-3 result for, for Milan, of course. Um, I mean, we're, we're looking to, to kind of surpass that dismal performance against Sassuolo, and uh, they were they were up against struggling Genoa, who have have been really poor as of late and had sacked their previous manager for Andriy Shevchenko, the ex legend of Milan. Mm-hmm. So it was a kind of a romantic return mm-hmm. for the two when they saw back, each other. Yeah. But I think that uh, Shevchenko was going to bed very unhappy <laughs> after getting yeah. absolutely mauled by Milan yeah. that game. the The game started off to a banger. Just ten minutes into it, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The forty-year-old, ageless, <laughs> ageless legend curled in a lovely, lovely free kick yeah, from really the cool. from the edge of the box, or like some twenty-five meters out. Mm. Curled it round. Sirigu planted to the spot, <laughs> unable to move. He has he has that in his locker. He's done it before. I think even Roma, he had something quite similar. It was on the floor that one. It was yes, quite a similar that was, free that kick. That was a very good free kick as well. Second goal came at uh, at the cusp of the first half. Kalulu was given the ball by Ibra on the edge of the box. He delivered the pass to a completely unmarked Diaz, who then gave a central pass to Krunic, took a shot, which was deflected by a Genoa defender. The ball then was in the air, and none other than Junior Messias mm. rise to the occasion and headed the ball over Sirigu. Lovely goal by the Brazilian, and it's uh, the first goal he scored for uh, for Milan after the Atletico game. Mm. So it's his first Serie A goal as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. All right. And, nice. Uh, this is. I think he's somewhat starting to become a starter for the club. Oh, yeah. He's he looks good. He looks, he looks good. very good. He, he looks very good. good. I liked him when he was at Crotone as well. I so. did as well. He was a very you know he was like one of the the shining parts uh-huh. of that team. Yeah. Even though there weren't many very shiny parts. There weren't many, Crotone. but there were there were two good ones to be fair. Messias and Simi. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about Simi a bit later. We will, we will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, then the, the game was well and truly over in the 61st minute. Bakayoko and his defensive half uh, played a nice ball to Krunic, who uh, with a nice flick with his back heel, laid off the ball to a storming Theo Hernandez down the left flank. He cut the ball back to Brahim Diaz in the middle of the box, who with a quick turn laid it off to, again, Mr. Junior, the Messiah, mm. slotting the ball into the back of the net, Easy as you like, cool and clinical by the Brazilian yet again for the Rossoneri. And um, Milan finished that game, winning of course, and remaining in second place with 35 points. Mm-hmm. Just one shy from Napoli now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Genoa fell back down to 18th place. What's, um, what's kind of really shocking to me at least is... Genoa's defense. Yeah, uh, and I, I, to be honest, I was shocked because Shevchenko, like, um, he was setting them up in the games before this, just not to lose, like, basically, put, yeah, put, like just not. They have a lot of injuries, but they, they do, were, they, they were, do, which is really, st- yeah. which is really, and big players, like Rashito, Destro, uh, Destro Kaiser, Kaiser, yeah, like, exactly. they, have a, they have so many good players out. Mm-hmm. But they, so I was really surprised that he would, that they were not that good defensively. Mm-hmm. Compared to to the last few games, as in, uh, I mean, again, at the end of the day, you need to take with a pinch of salt because it is Genoa at the end of the day, and they did play Milan, who are on good form at the moment. But um, yeah, the, but the defending is so yeah. bad, and the, some of some of the some of the ga- some of the goals were like 
partially because they, they couldn't clear the ball out of the box. Errors as well. And, uh-huh. and they, this this scoreline could have been way worse, by yeah. the way. There was like three or four chances in the game where both Krunic and Diaz had good opportunities to score. And if they had their shooting boots on, they would have definitely increased the score. Yeah, he's been missing some some sitters. Yeah, Diaz is Diaz is a bit of a weird one. He's he's very good in the sense that he really likes to link up well with other parts of the team, and he's he has a very good mm-hmm. like effectiveness about him, mm-hmm. like dribbling wise and, and and assisting. However, his finishing, it does need to be it does need to be improved. Mm-hmm. But he's a good player. He he's, is a good player for he's, sure. He's I think he came from the City Academy. I think or is he? He was at City for a while, for sure, and then he, he went to Real, okay. and then he was signed. Milan signed him from Real. He's on uh, loan still, but oh, he's on loan. Okay, yes, he hasn't took right. full signing, and okay. I think it's with, as if I'm not mistaken, option to buy. Option to buy, but it's like an option to buy only if Real agree to it. Mm. Oh, so, so it, okay, okay. So it's one of those. All right, I see. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean. But you're right. Definitely, he's he's a good player, and another good player who's stepping up has to be. We have to mention him. No, Messias, the yeah. man of the match, by the way. Yeah, he deserved it. I I I, I like this guy. I, like I said before, I like this guy. Um, I hope we get to see him more because mm-hmm. at the beginning he was kind of fighting for his place with Brahim, and I'd like to see more of him. I do think he's better than Salamakers, like definitely better than him I, yes. I don't like salad maker at all I don't like I don't like the salad maker at all either no, you should I, just stick to making salads yeah <laughs> but I think I think I, I, I think he's he's better and he deserves a place in the starting lineup and mm-hmm. I think I think Pioli noticed that as well and is giving him a bit more yeah definitely definitely I, and I, I, as, as you say I, I'd like to see more of him and I think he can offer to the team a lot more than what salad makers can mm-hmm. although salad makers to give him credit has improved his game a lot um, this year. He yeah, scored a few goals. Yeah, and he's, to be fair, also he's playing out of position because he's a wing yeah, back. Yeah. For Belgium, he plays wing back, and that yeah. definitely suits him more than out and out winger. Um, but another point, yeah. by the way, I wanted right. to mention was um, just more, one more point about Genoa. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, it's a, more of a hot take of mine that they're gonna really struggle to play the way Shevchenko wants, which is out of defense. Mm-hmm. The way he played Ukraine's team in mm-hmm. the Euros was very defensive, resolution mm-hmm. focused. So. Mm-hmm. Defense had to be a strong part of the game, and then to play out on the counter attack. Mm-hmm. Now I think that Genoa has the kind of capabilities to play like that. They've always been known for their kind of attacking football. However, this team with the defense they have, and with their main man in the defense right now, who's yeah. who's Crescito and plays playing centre back this year, mm-hmm. as in in the sense that he's the most technically gifted. Yeah. Who can perhaps play the ball that they need to get them out of the ball, get them out of defense? Mm-hmm. They're gonna struggle, and I yeah. think they need a replacement as soon as possible, especially in January. Uh, I, I'm not, uh, to be honest, I'm not hundred percent sure how long he's out for. It's because if he's not, if he's gonna come back soon, then it wouldn't be a big deal. But they're missing Maximovic as well, who's mm-hmm. who is a good who's a good defender. Yes, he, he is. And as we said, the other injuries as well will make a difference when hopefully they when they come back soon. So you think once once Destro and Kaiser come back and they start starting together with on Shevchenko's team, do you think that they get out of relegation? Um I hope so. I do like I, I like Genoa. I do like Genoa, but for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I, there's no real reason. I just think they they have like a good vibe kind yeah, of around the club. There's some romanticism about uh-huh, them. I just yeah. like the club. Yeah. I don't know why. They pl- I just feel like they play with a lot of passion, and I always like to see mm-hmm. them. But but that being said, I although as much as I'd like them to stay up, um, I I would not be surprised that they do go down though. 
I am, would, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the mm, world. Mm. But what's definitely good is is I think I said oh, and and the, the other strikers as well. Just working with Sheva will, will is a great experience for them. You know, yes. in, in the interim at least, but even for the future, they 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 could learn a lot from him. He's, That's you know, a very good point, actually. Yeah. I mean, his was fantastic. Yeah. Strike, Not a Chelsea it? though, but it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Care, by the way, yeah. ACL, he's gone, man. Six months out. Another bloody injury, man. There's too many in this. I, I think Christmas period doesn't help. That That's for one, because there's a lot of games you play twice a week, every three days almost. So that definitely makes a difference. But... This year, more than most, I think there's been way so too many, many injuries. So many injuries. Yeah. They're playing so many. They're playing so often, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's why. I, I mean, uh, this Kier's out. We mentioned Koulibaly before. Ruiz, we said before. Insignia also got injured. Insignia's injured. R- um, Lorenzo Pellegrini for, for Rome as well. Juricic and Boga have yeah. both been out yeah. for quite some time. There's a lot of players, man, getting injured. And I, I don't know if it's... I mean, it's definitely the games and... Sometimes I like to Bellotti. Bellotti, yeah, I don't know. So sometimes I like to blame a bit the coaches. This is a bit of a hot take that I have because I think, think sometimes they push them too hard. I think sometimes they do push them a bit too hard. And but this is their job, man. Yes, I yes, I, I get obviously. I mean, they're they're built different, obviously. But I think there needs to be an, an, enough time for recovery. Which, to be fair, I, might not be. It's not really the coaches' fault entirely because that's the fixtures that they have and the mm-hmm. fixtures they're given and these big leaves where there's. A lot of games, especially when you're a Champions League side, so you have extra games what as well. The league was longer. I'm not sure about that, to be honest. No. No. Yeah. But also, I uh, actually thinking well, what about it. Ended in like mid June rather than mm. end of May. And then they start, but then they start the league again in August. There's a really short period of recovery. That's true, yeah, that's true. And remember, also, I think might be another impact of this is they've been playing football non-stop for almost two years now. Eh? True. They didn't have a break yeah, since there's, 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 there's the restart. COVID, yeah. There was the restart, and then they had like a maximum a month and a half till they had to start again for the next season. And then there was the Euros mm. and the Copa America for the South yeah, Americans as well. Of, there's been a lot of going on. And so, there's going to be the World Cup. Man. And the World Cup coming, coming up. up. Yeah, oh, At least that's in December. So I think yeah. they have a bit of a break. But still, it's not that long. It's still it's not that long. So I think that might, made an, that might make a difference as well, to be fair. Yeah, you're right about that, for sure. They're saying, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, at least it's, it's being rumoured, that Luis Felipe or Milinkovic from Fiorentina Luis Felipe from Lazio, by the uh, way, in case anyone is not know. To Milan. to Milan as a replacement okay. for Kier's ACL injury. Okay. And just uh, a point that Interfans gave some uh, consolidation to Kier and said that we wish you to see you back in San Siro as soon as possible and to cheer you for the respect that you deserve. Mm, yeah. So something nice from the Interfans. Yeah, that was, that's quite nice. It yeah. is. It is. Shall we move on to the next game? We shall. Inter. Versus Spezia. To be fair, this was a pretty straightforward game for Inter. It was at the San Siro, of course. Um, um, Inter, obviously, are currently in third, and they ended up finish, remaining in third, obviously. They had a few chances early on with Dumfries at an effort, which was well saved by Providel. We haven't really seen much of Dumfries yet. So he needs to, he needs to kick we on a bit. We haven't. Maybe we can speak about Dumfries slightly. Yeah, we'll yeah, we speak about him later. Yeah. Um, Gagliardini... Um, and opened the scoring in the 36th minute. It was a really good team goal, to be fair. And it involved Ambrosio and Lautaro. Mm-hmm. And it was a really sublime team goal, which was a shot outside the area. Um, uh, after, afterwards, Handa made a really good save from an Amian header from a corner. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Handa, to be honest. But at the moment, he's, really on him. he's 
Yeah, but he's been on really good form at the moment. He's a great keeper, man. He's not. He's not been given the respect he's deserved. No, I don't like him. I, I, I think they could. I think they could replace him with someone better. But at the moment, like, I, I think I like Silvestri maybe. But um, I, I, I do rate Silvestri quite. But nice. I think at the moment, honestly, the guy can save a PDF on a calculator. Like he's been ridiculous. <laughs> three of his last saves in the last three games were redonk. Like really good, really good saves. Um, in the 56th minute, Kivior got a yellow card um, for a handball inside the air, which was a little bit harsh. Um, it was like the shot was right at him. It was yeah. it was really close. But the, the, with these things, you have to give them. Man, they've been giving them so often yeah. now. So that's the rule, eh? So I guess if that's the, if them's the rules, you need you need you need to you give to follow it. them rules, don't you? Yeah. And Lautaro took the the consequent spot kick, and he spent sent Provider the wrong way. Interesting that he took it, not Hakan. Which I, mm. I mean, I think Martinez is the is the the go to penalty taker. Mm. I just think that once Martinez isn't, and maybe before before the game shooting them as as he wants to, and maybe Inzaghi notices that Kaganongo is sharper. Yeah, he likes to swap them round. Yeah, I think I think there's generally Inzaghi has been trying to give Kaganongo a few goals here and there to, to kind of up his game, uh-huh. and I think it's really you can really start to see it. Yeah, his. The, the, in the last few games, I think almost since the Milan game where he scored, he's almost been a different player. Mm. I mean, to be fair, some of the attacking football in this game was really lovely, like from Inter. Like, Spezza honestly didn't have much um, to show for it. Hakan had a really good shot, which was saved. Mm-hmm. And it was a really nice team move. I think Hakan could have done better, but it was a really, really good build-up and it was a really good shot. But it was total domination, to be fair, from Inter. They had 31 shots in that game. Wow. And the, only, the shocking thing was only 11 of those were on target. So I mean, there was one in three. Yeah, it was thirteen off and seven blocked. And if you want to compare it to Spezia, Spezia had seven shots total. So Oof. it was a bit, well, that's a bit, a, that's a bit of a landslide, isn't it? As we said, Inter remained third with thirty-four points, just two points below league leaders Napoli, while Spezia sit just a, one place above the relegation zone with eleven points. So let's start with our, some talking points. Dumfries, like we mentioned before, mm. we haven't seen enough of this guy. Like he's not been, he's not played every game. That's for sure. He hasn't. No, and I, I think that's perhaps something he mm. wasn't expecting. Mm. I think he was. I think he expected to come into this team and be the the main starter. Mm-hmm. However, I think that Darmian is preferred mm-hmm. by Dump, uh, instead of Dumfries yeah. by Inzaghi. I just feel that Darmian, uh, his defensive contributions yeah, are, are so noticed. And so, yeah. He can cover a lot of the way that Skriniar likes to play a bit forward. So I feel like Darmian is almost essential in yeah. that squad. I'm going to say something a little rogue, not rogue, but like I think it's what's the, the issue is, tactically, is if you play Dumfries and Perisic, that's a lot of players who love to go forward. And then your defensive cover, you know, you would need your center mids then to do that, which yeah. Brozovic does, in fairness, and Barella also helps out. Mm-hmm. But, like, having one who's slightly more defensive does help, and that's why I think Damian and Perisic is a better duo than, than, than Dumfries and Perisic. Because you're not going to drop Perisic at the moment. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's their, probably their best performing player at the moment. He's been very consistent, uh-huh. it's true, yes. And I think that, uh, as you say, he's, he's been essential to some of the wins lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, you, you, I, I, I can't fault you on that mm. point. It's definitely very. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with it. Could could Inter do two and two? Can they win the league again? Well, personally, I think that they're gonna win the league. Okay. Um, 
not sure. I hope they do, man. I, I, I like them. I, I do like Inter a lot. I much, think... much to Jake and Matt's dismay. I know. So basically, with <laughs> the Inter, with the Inter replacements, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they, they, we should we should put the, the the logo this week as Inter, yeah. Inter colors. Yeah. And then Jake and Jake will never speak to us ever again. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but I I I I hope they'd win it. I do really like the, them, and I, I have just, a lot I of Milan like friends. Squad, I have a lot of Milan friends who tell me that I'm hundred percent wrong. I I do think it's gonna be a very tough season because Milan are very good this year and although Napoli don't convince me they're they're good as well but me but uh, so far Inter haven't had the shocking displays that we've seen sometimes from both Milan and Napoli mm. okay they've lost to Lazio it was yeah. the only loss of the season but that was a that was kind of a freak game as well because there was a bit of controversy in that game where their Martinez was fouled during the yeah. round of play, which uh-huh. then ended up in then ended up in up in a goal. Mm-hmm. So so really and truly, there there have been some some questionable performances from Inter, but they've just been getting better and better no. each game. Yeah, I agree. And I just feel like their squad covers a lot of any injury that they might have. Mm-hmm. And and really, they don't think that they've had too many injuries. Actually. No, they've been a bit lucky. They've been lucky. They had Barrell out for a bit when he they came had, back. They've had. Um, I mean, Sensi's now back in the squad as well. In the sense that he's yeah, training with the squad. Yeah, at least he's back. So, so the guy made of glass. The guy made of glass and, and uh, plasticine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my other point that I was going to mention, Spezia. I. I don't think they're the worst team in the league because they they're Salernitana and we'll talk about those. Oh, but they have the worst defence in the league at the moment. They've conceded 34. Salernitana conceded only 30. Well, only. Salernitana conceded 31, which is pretty grim signs. But honestly, I think it's very much what... Like, but they play attacking football. Yeah, it's Motta's style as well because Motta, there's... even when all, he, all or nothing. Uh-huh, exactly. It's just... Let's just go out. Let's score some goals, even if it comes at the expense of the defensive organization, yeah, which, yeah. which is naive to a certain extent because they need you need to also be like be a bit realistic you and say this. And you have, spirit, to, you have yeah. to respect the team you're playing against yeah. as well, man. You can't uh, always go for it. I mean, you should. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that logic, but you can't always you know gun it from the first mm-hmm. second. You need to sometimes pick your pick your battles and mm-hmm. maybe like pick a pick a few moments in the game where. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the opponent is getting frustrated, and maybe that's when you spring on to mm. a different gear. You, I mean, you know, these guys, you know, Spetsch's team, they need. You know, I just feel like they have to just understand when it's right to attack and not mm-hmm. at time. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I, and you need to pick your battles. Like so, I mean, like today, this game against this game against Inter mm-hmm. was definitely a game where they could have. Try to park the bus a bit and hit on the counters Even if they and damage limitation, you know, because yeah, exactly, yeah. because just wait a bit. Yeah, know? exactly. I, I do think they'll go down. To be honest, you do. Uh huh. I think I, I there was then there was then Cagliari and Genoa, who are in the bottom three at the moment. I, I, uh, I bottom think, three at the moment, although so. I'll really be sad to say it, I think it will be um, Cagliari, Genoa, and Salernitana. I think Spezia will stay up. In that case. I think so. I, I think that just um, they have enough in that squad to get some good results. And they've beaten some good teams. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I wouldn't agree. I think um, I think Spezia will go down at the expense of at least one of Cagliari or Genoa. Mm. But um, I, 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 to be honest, this, you, going you, you can't <laughs> think so. Hmm. Uh, it was, it's actually one thing I wanted to talk about after yeah. the Sampdoria game. So, but yeah, we'll uh, get to that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I I I just want to say like let's just wrap this up. Like um, I I think. Spezia are not um, as good as they were last year, as you're honest. No. And that is, and, and I'm gonna put it hundred percent down to the coaching, right? Because I, 
I've heard a lot about Mota's sessions and Mota's like tactical, you know, style, and it's it's out there. Like it's it's very. I think it's very good if you have the players for it, but I think if you don't have the players for that system, you need to be a bit a bit smarter. I think, mm. and they should get results. Um, yeah, well, let's mo- let's move on to Atalanta. Oh, Atalanta, four 0 against Venezia. Um, this was actually their biggest win of the season. The first time they won with by four goals or more. Wow. Um, Gasparini's side played a classic three four three, but there was a heavily rotated side, which sort of starts for the likes of Giuseppe Pezzella, Muriel, Ilicic, Hataboer, and Pasalic, uh, and they of course because they're still missing Gosens and Lovato. Uh, Venezia were coming off the back of a defeat to Inter and to be honest they looked quite leggy um, and they didn't look up to the task at all mm. uh, they were actually looking to improve their home record they only had won 4 out of 9 in their last home games that's all competitions so including Champions League um, and, but they started really well within the first 10 minutes Atalanta took the lead when Ilicic fed a really naughty through ball into the heart of Venezia's backline and Pasalic slotted at home despite pressure from the onrushing Romero and Mattia Caldara. It was a good finish, but it was too easy if you ask, like, if you ask me. Like, it was like a knife through butter. It was way, way too easy. Like, the defence was, was wide open. Um, in the 12th minute, one goal quickly turned into two when Muriel and Pasalic um, did a beautiful one-two just outside the area and it was finished off yet again by the Serbian, by Pasalic. Um, now he has... Uh, he, he ended up scoring a hat-trick, of course. He's but he's Croatian. Has... Oh, he's Croatian? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm oh. wondering. Maybe, anyway. I think he might be Croatian, actually. I think he might be right. I'm not sure. Pasaric does not sound like a Serbian name. Well, it could be. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> finished off by Pasalic. Let's, let's, let's hear about that. Before I ruin your mood. Yeah. Um, he, Pasalic, actually, you know, fun fact, he was actually Chelsea's longest-serving player and he hadn't made a single appearance. Well, you really like the guy, don't you? Mm, not that much. Yeah. Then, but he, he always ends up scoring a half like at least once a season. He does. When right? he plays, when he starts, especially, he ends up scoring. Like He's, he's a bloody easy. I, very, think very I, I rate Pasalic a lot. Yeah. Venezia, to be fair, had a couple of chances in this game, but nothing that Musso couldn't handle. Uh, Pasalic almost scored a hat trick a bit earlier in the game, but Romero made a really good save. And Romero, obviously, was by far the busier of the two Argentina goalkeepers. In the 57th minute, Coop Miners made it three. Uh, in front of the curva after lashing home a sweet left-footed strike from outside the area from a Giuseppe Pezzella pass. Muriel struck the post from point-blank range before setting up the fourth goal in the 67th minute, which was finished off by Pasalic to finally get his hat-trick. It was a really good finish and it was really, really good dribbling by, by Muriel down the left-hand side. Um, he had Ampadu looking like a Beyblade man, they were spinning <laughs> around, like it was really good play. I love play. Just, yeah. yeah, it's my favourite. Uh, <laughs> remember Beyblades man, they were fun. I love it. Dude, I used to have so many Beyblades. <laughs> I have a hilarious story that, um, I have to say it. Basically, I used to stay playing Beyblades with my brother, mm-hmm. and we used to have this massive old like glass table. And he used to have like a metal frame along the side of this glass table. And we used to just basically play with the Beyblades mm-hmm. In this on on this table, which was definitely if my dad had caught us, he would have grounded us yeah. and, and beat our ass. So if the saw us destroying the yeah. destroying the glass table with our Beyblades. And one time, I remember that the Beyblade was just spinning around, and <laughs> it was literally on the corner of the of the glass table. And I don't know whether Jesus Christ or or God Himself just put some magical powers into this Beyblade, yeah. but it just out of nowhere, gravity was like gravity just stopped working, and it just spun into my face, <laughs> and it just headshot me, dude. 
and this this image of me getting headshot was just stuck in my brother's head forever. <laughs> that's that's insane to be. Honest. It is. Uh, anyway, going back to the game. <laughs> going back to the game. Um, uh, the game ended up finishing 4-0 they put their foot off the gas at the end like mm-hmm. I don't, uh, they, they, they took a bit easy on Venezia yeah. who really had absolutely nothing to go for in that game um, uh, many obvious scorelines it seemed like this game this mm-hmm. week. only a few which were rather shocking and yeah. it's the next one which we're going to speak about yeah. but, uh, I, I, to be honest I think this game was was very easy for Atalanta and I really like Atalanta like if I had to pick it I think my favourite team in Italy is Atalanta I really like the way they play um, I like well down to the coach though yeah I like Gasperini man. I think he's really good I think he's he really he's really a good great, he's a great manager I think he's really good and even the fact that he played um, like the second rate players like the, the bench players mm. for this game and they played really well to win 4-8 well, they, they, li- they lived up to the expectations mm-hmm. I suppose so mm-hmm. so for sure yeah uh, Venezia on the other hand you know I asked a question actually in the last in the last pod to Jake and Matt mm-hmm. and I asked them like, if do you, do you think it's Venezia's form is sustainable like could they and I'm going to answer my, my own question and I'm going to say I don't think it's sustainable I, I, I don't think so I, I they have a really young squad actually I checked their average age it's 26 and a half years so oh. it's a really young squad that Paolo Zanetti has um, and he's doing a good job with them, I think, for now. But I think in the long run, it will it will come and, and bite them. But the yes, yeah. I just feel like they don't have enough of consistency up forward, really. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even think it's their defense which is the major issue, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm more worried about the front line, actually. Uh, I feel like Okereke mm. is very hit and miss. <laughs> He either scores a worldie or he mm-hmm. misses a sitter. Yeah. So Jay called him the best blind footballer to ever play. <laughs> like, which I really think is a really good thing to take. It is. It's so it's so accurate though, Harvey. Uh-huh. Um, then they have they have Aramu, who I really like. Yeah, I think but he's a good he, player. He's, he's an attacking He's a ten. And Henri. Uh, man, that guy. <laughs> he's the teaser um, uh, record signing. Asta? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. And he's probably scored. He scored more on goals than goals. This <laughs> really? I think he has one goal and one assist uh, and one on goal. Oh, <laughs> damn. Okay. But yeah, so that's how it, that's how it ended. Four nil. Pretty much straightforward. No, no surprises there. Uh, and as I said, Atalanta in third, in fourth. Sorry, and Venezia, banging mid table. He does actually have just one goal and one on goal. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Atalanta, I wanted to just mention one thing about them. And um, if you had to pick a spot in their squad to strengthen right now, mm. which I do believe they may need. However, I think that their squad is more or less solidified. Mm-hmm. What do you strengthen and why? Center mid, I think. Center mid. Be- I, I think when they're full, as in when everyone's in- not injured, when everyone's fit, they have a very good two centre midfielders like Deron and and, and Freule and Coop Minus who's doing really well at the moment scored in this game. He's doing, he's doing um, um, but I think um, they could go for better. I think there are. It was a realistic signing though. It doesn't have to be in Italy. Mm. Put me on the spot. Here. I, you know who actually I wouldn't mind if they went back to them. It's a re-sign him, Gagliardini. I think because they he's the kind of play the profile that they need, kind of. You know what I mean? Someone just. An, an engine in uh-huh, the exactly a workhorse which is what the rune is in fairness yeah, but, it's true, it's true. but um, I mean he's, he, he they have they've had injuries as well in the middle and when they, they, actually for this game they start with Coop Miners and Pessina in the middle and I don't think Pessina wow. is a centre no, mid no he's not at all he's, no. he, likes to, he uh, likes to be up front I, I really rate Pessina by the way I would, I would say centre mid in that case 
Um, what about what about you? Where would you arrange? Uh, hmm. I'd rather change the right wing. I know that Ilicic is starting to play well again. The the right the right attacking side, midfielder. The right, yeah, yeah, the right. Either it's the right forward or mm-hmm. the right attacking midfielder. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, or yeah. as in what, because you know it can be two of those things. Yeah. But I would definitely replace that, even if it's not a replacement. Boga. Boga. I just wonder if Boga can play on the right because he's a left winger. I mean, he can't uh, cut him on his other side. I guess it'll just be hard for him to adjust, I think. They're quite fluid, to be fair. Huh? When they play that front three, they move around a lot. Like, they do. Um, as in, Duvan is the, one, is the least, least fluid one, yeah, but uh, that's that's understandable. But uh, they do move around a lot. So I, I think Bogan could be. Oh, Lozano. Lozano not, to Atalanta. Not a fan of the guy. At all. You not a fan you, of you Chucky. Think, you, you think he just should be exiled from the Serie No, No, he can't play for any team in Serie A, for sure. He's not a bad player. He's just, I don't know. Not, not, not a massive fan of the guy. Mm. I, he has good finishing, though. Mm, yeah. I have no so time he, of day he, for he, him. If you saw Lozano at a party and you were a girl, you would just like completely ch- look the other way. <laughs> I would definitely not talk to him. No. Or, or else tell what, him how what, he should improve his positioning. What, like. if he, what, if, what if he came up to you and offered you a drink? What would you do? I'd... Gladly take the drink and then walk away. Like I don't, I don't. I'm not a fan of the guy. Like I don't think he's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's uh, let's move on to the next game. And uh, that game was um, the game against. Sorry, the game Bologna versus Roma mm-hmm. ended one yeah. zero for Bologna. The uh, Rossa blue. Mad. Mad game, mad game. This fixture was actually generally in Roma's favour, by the way. So, from mm-hmm. the last five encounters, Roma have won four of them. Okay. And uh, Bologna, lost, uh, Bologna won one. Okay. Um, so, I mean, goes to show that by, uh, by facts, it, mm-hmm. it's, a Ro- it's a Roma kind of game. Yeah. And actually, Roma started the game pretty well. And uh, they were playing with a lot of aggression and a lot of forward thinking. And, um, of course, it was much of it was... was, was Thwarted by Bologna's strong defense. Mm-hmm. However, there were chances for both Veretout and Abrahams. Abrahams came the closest mm-hmm. in the in the in the first thirty minutes. It was a header, almost uh, almost scored, almost scored a header like um, middle of the middle of the box. Just mm-hmm. headed it in, okay. hit, hit the side netting. It was ah. quite a close chance. However, the the deadlock was broken by by Bologna in the thirty fifth minute. Dominguez received the ball in the middle of the middle of the halfway line. He advanced forward, trying to look for a pass. To which he then decides to pass the ball centrally towards Matthias Svanberg. With one touch, Matthias Svanberg was able to open himself up into a pocket of space outside the box and uh, decided to shoot with a finesse and uh, <laughs> with, with, with extreme finesse and precision. Yeah, it went I into too. the bottom right. Uh, Rui Patricia had absolutely no chance in saving that one. 1 0. Excellent goal. If anyone hasn't watched it yet, I, uh, I definitely suggest you do because it was a, a lovely, lovely goal by the. By the Swede, um, there were many chances for a for a Roma. for a Roma goal, and then there were some great great saves by Skorupski. He he denied them several times. Ex Roma, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yep. And um, he yeah he there were there were chances from from Mkhitaryan, there were chances from Zaniolo, there were chances from Abrahams again, and all saved or 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 falling uh, falling just shy of the of the goal. So. Unfortunate for Roma not to have scored. However, Bologna made uh, made made the most of it, and they, they they kept shutting them out and trying to keep the play in mostly in midfield, to which they eventually won the game, and um, that left the that left the encounter with um, with Roma still sitting in fifth with twenty five points. 
Whereas Bologna now find themselves in eighth with 24. Mm. Now, just from eighth to fifth, only one point separates That's everybody. Really good. So anyone really good. from eighth to fifth can hop into the Europa League spot now. I, I think this is. Since you have gone to shit. This has been like the most exciting period of Serie A, to be honest. Like even even to be fair, like two years ago. But um, last season and this season is the most exciting I've seen Serie A. Like even was even at least the the gap between sort of say the elite teams. The dynamic up for, like on the top half is so is so volatile. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's always changing. Exactly, and yeah. the the mid table teams like the 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 teams that punch above their weight are really improved. I think, and I really like Bologna, and I really like them. Right. I like them this I, I, season. I think during the the, the time I came on the podcast as the guest, I re- I rated them to go down. Actually, <laughs> and here I am looking like an absolute twat. Right. I don't, I just thought that they didn't have a, they didn't have what it takes because of a few points I want to mention later on. But mm. mainly that they don't really have such a consistent strike force. Of course, Anatovic no. and Barrow have scored mm-hmm. uh, actually a, a mm-hmm. combination of ten goals mm-hmm. in total: mm-hmm. six for Anatovic and four for Barrow. Mm-hmm. However, they still managed to win those one zero yeah. games, and you know they they scrape draws and wins. So I mean, maybe you don't have to have you know such a lethal strike force in order to win games. Sometimes it's just about defending mm-hmm. that lead that you get. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, maybe I maybe I'll be proven wrong about this, and they'll end up in a mm-hmm. you know conference league or Europa League. Imagine imagine Bologna in the conference league <laughs> or Europa. <laughs> to be league. fair, conference that would be a good level for like. I, I think it. I think it would. Be enough for them for now, just to get a bit more money, yeah, and just to slowly grow the squad and perhaps look forward to like maybe you know eventually becoming a Europa League team. Mm. I'm not sure if they will because obviously no. there's Lazio as well in that area. I think Fiore have a bigger chance of that actually than more than Bologna to get that Conference League spot. Um, mm. But I mean, who, I mean, sure, let them let them believe. I, I really like I really like them and I like a lot of their players. I like Barrow a lot. Um, I like. Uh, well, I used to like Soriano. I, I think he's dropped off a bit now, but yeah, he's, I think, has. but he still has the qualities. Like shows yeah, every so often. I really does. like Dominguez. I I'm a big fan of this guy, Dominguez. Hard and, worker, yeah. Hard worker and very skillful too. Uh-huh. And he has, and he's a proper number eight. Like he's up and down, causes trouble. When, you know, and he d- defends quite well, screens the ball quite well. So, yeah, I think I think um, I, I like Bologna's team a lot, and I hope they do well. I I, I like them too. Um, of course, I now sound like a hypocrite, but they, you know they're playing well, so I, I can't fault them, and I can't be the one to say they don't uh, deserve it. Um, some comments from Mourinho after the game was that uh, credit to Mihailovic and Bologna, they played a great game, but credit to my players too. Quite, uh, quite unlike Mourinho, <laughs> yeah. he said that they gave it all against everyone and everything. Injuries before the game, injuries during the game, hidden injuries to players who played the full 90 minutes. There were there were a few incidents, but my players kept on fighting till the end. I am proud of these guys. I don't have any negative feelings towards them today. Oh, all right, that's and, that's uh, surprising. I actually, I actually liked reading that from him. Yeah. That's a, you know, Usually, when they when Roma lose or any of his teams lose, he's just throwing them under yeah, the bus. Yeah, and he just calls out everyone. I know. And so I'm really happy that he actually said that. However, there was one interesting point he also mentioned, mm. which is actually a bit shocking. And I'm, I'm wondering what that's going to do to the to the team going forward. He said that... I will finish with one observation, however. I want to say something that probably goes against my interests. If I were Nicolo Zaniolo, I would start thinking that perhaps playing in Serie A means things will be stacked against me. Oh, Bit of a weird, bit of a weird uh-huh. comment. No? It is cryptic as well. Like he's not, not really said what he wants to say. But it's like he's saying, "I like Zaniolo, but he shouldn't be mm. here anymore." Like mm. maybe they're looking to sell him. Or, or, or maybe he doesn't think he's got the minerals to play 
for Roma, like maybe. Mm. To be fair, I mean, listen, can I can he recover from his ACL injuries, man? Can can he recover? Because you know, Zaniola was this extremely exciting mm-hmm. prospect just two years ago, right before he got those mm-hmm. injuries, and um, I mean, and, you know, now now it's now it's a different player. Can he can he recover? He's only he's only what twenty three, twenty two. He can't be that old. Yeah. No, he's a really good player. I really like him, and I do think after okay, one ACL is bad, but two is two is, is, two is, is so unlucky. Is very unlucky. That, that's so bad. And like he, I you have to not be a hundred percent. You know, you're not gonna go back to exactly as you were after two ACLs. Like of definitely not. Um, but I think he's a really good. Player. Like I really like him, and I'm not just saying this because he's in my in my Fanta. He's not he's not scored enough though. That's no. for sure. I think he only has one goal this year. He has no goals. Oh, no goals. No goals. No assists. No. No. I'm inventing a goal. Maybe okay. maybe you imagine. I, dream, I dreamt it. I dreamt it. But I think I I I I think he needs. <laughs> I think he needs to do. I think he needs to do much better, especially because they're playing in this sort of like three one four two, and he's playing as a second striker. He needs to be more clinical. He needs to be better. But his um, uh, Mourinho in the game before was saying was praising Zaniola and Tammy, saying that they were playing quite well together, and he was saying that was because of how well they were playing, uh, that oh like their their friendship kind of like okay. off the pitch as well. Hmm. Um, I, I I don't know I I hope Zaniola does recover because he's a he's a big talent and I hope to see him progress like uh, the same the same way as the other talents are, mm. these young the next gen kind of of, of top talents. Uh, one other point about the game before we move on to the next is um, Pellegrini and his injury mm. to, to, to Roma. It really shows the, the lack of the cutting edge now. Mm-hmm. He's it, a big it, miss. He's a humongous miss he's to that team. Miss. He's a big miss. I mean, if, if they could have picked somebody to be injured... They'd have picked Cristante, I think, or Diawara. <laughs> Basically, no one yeah. could like no one would pick Pellegrini because they know how bad it would be for them, and I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to really jeopardize their Europa League credentials mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that he's just so clinical. He's the he's the guy that we're talking about. He's the Zanio, He's what Zaniolo should be doing, yeah. and he's scoring those goals many times this season. Yeah. And if not, he's he's always in it, you know, trying to score or giving a pass or getting an assist. So. Uh, I like him a lot. I like. Can him. they have what? What I want to ask you is: Do they have a player in that team, which can cover for him in the meantime, or do they desperately need someone as a replacement, not as a as a temporary replacement? So he would be a squad. Mm. So he's not going to be costing them the bank. He'll be a good player. This player I'm thinking about, but uh, someone to just play second fiddle to Pellegrini mm. if they do go for the transfer market, or is there someone in that squad you feel can uh, can fit in the boots? Carlos Perez? Mm, mm, not really. I'm not a fan of Carlos Perez, but I, I do like um, uh, and Like I think he, he is not the same player at all. I, no. I don't think they have the same qualities. Like Lawrence Pellegrini is, is much more of a hard worker. But in the offensive part, Mikitarian can pick up the pick up the slack that that is missing now, obviously. And I think if Zaniola had to pick up as well, that's two players who can. You know, pick up what's missing, but in the more like you know box to box kind of style that Lorenzo has kind of included in his game now, I don't see somebody at Roma who actually has it. But they've got two players like Vertu and um, Diawara who are very good in like you know the defensive part as well. So maybe it could be them, mm-hmm. but Lorenzo still has a different dimension to his game that these players don't have. Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely doesn't. I personally feel that they do need someone in the um, 
in the transfer market to pick mm-hmm. up to, to 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 fill in that um, to fill in that gap. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, could even be a you know, a, a, I was gonna say Dam's guard, but he's more of a left left midfielder esque mm-hmm. player. However, he does give that attacking aspect that uh, I think Roma wouldn't wouldn't mind having. A, a player which came into my mind was McKenny. I don't know why. No. Oh, I don't like him. No? <laughs> no, I'm not a fan. As, as well, I'm not, not a fan of Mr. McKenneth. But maybe because he's not playing in the right system at maybe. Juve. But um, he's, I mean, he scores goals, that guy. He does. He that's, why, that's, why, that's why I thought about him. That's why. No, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, there's that game done and dusted. And we'd like to move on to uh, Fiorentina versus Sampdoria, which ended in a 3-1 win for Fiorentina. And the the game had, a, had all the makings of a close encounter. Uh, I see that because they were both in uh, both Fiorentina and Sampdoria were, were in relatively similar form, with Sampdoria having two wins and three losses, whereas Fiorentina had three wins and two losses in the last five games. This game also featured the league leading goal scorer in Dusan Vlahovic, who was in a strong scoring form. Within the la- within the last five games, he scored a whopping seven times. Che giocatore. I like him. Absolutely astonishing. He's on form. He's Absolutely on form. astonishing. Sampdoria were also looking to make it three wins out of three in the in the league. All right. And not only that, but trying to make it three wins out of three consecutively against Fiorentina. Oh, so all right. This was, this was, it was makings for a Sampdoria win. Mm, yeah. However, it was not to be the case. But uh, the game did start off how they wanted it. And in the 15th minute, Kandreva whipped in a beautiful cross into the centre of the box which Manolo Gabbiadini struck beautifully and powerfully with his head to give them the lead. And uh, Gabbiadini's first goal of the season. Eight minutes later, in the 23rd, Fiora put the game level with a nice run of play, which resulted in a goal. A ball from the left flank was curled into the box by Sotil. It missed all of Sandor's defenders and came on to a very, very hungry Kaleon to tap the ball into the back of the net. His first goal in Serie A since the 5th of July 2020 when he scored against Roma for mm-hmm. Napoli. My guy was starving for a goal. He was. So. I think I, I think he he could have been more starving. <laughs> the comeback for Laviola was complete when in the 32nd minute a cross from Bonaventura found itself into informed Dusan Vlahovic who headed the ball in from close distance. And to wrap up the game Fiora managed to extend the lead again through Ricardo Sotil with a close-range shot. The ball was not cleared in the box from Sampdoria, and they were caught ball-watching, to mm. which Ricardo decided to have it, mate, yeah. and score, score, score his first goal of the season. Um, what I wanted to, what I wanted to say was, um, what happens to Vlahovic? Mm. That's a good question, to be honest. Um, I. To be honest, for the league, I hope he stays. Or I, if not at Fiore, he stays in Serie A mm. because he's a really good talent. And I don't want. And a lot of good Serie A talents have now left in the summer window last, last time. Oh, last summer. So um, I, I wouldn't want him to leave. Um, but the, Fiore will miss him, huh? Fiore will Fiore definitely, will miss, definitely him. miss him. They, they, they'll. Uh... They'll have to reinvest for sure. They, they have, have to reinvest to. because they don't have another. They don't have they're, another striker of that level. If he goes, yeah. like, there's just no way that they can keep this up without him. No, for sure not. For sure not. And you, even if you look at the, the goals, they're mainly concentrated around, around him. him. Or he starts something. Exactly, and he scored more than half of their goals. And then, like 
the other scorers, the Saponara, who scores one goal a season almost, a tilt one a season. Gonzalez hasn't done enough. He hasn't at all. Um, Callahan, I mean, he scores one goal every 14 years almost. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they will miss him. I think, But he's, he's quality. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's quality. I wouldn't say he's, because he mentioned last time, Prohibition, that is, mentioned last time that he's in the bracket of Haaland. I don't agree. I don't that. agree either. But I think he's, he's, I mean, if he keeps it up, you know, I mean, he could I mean, be. But even if he keeps it up, I just feel that Haaland is just of a different nature man mm. he's got everything yeah, he's, he's got everything animal. you want in a striker he's a different he's an animal he's just a different animal yeah can uh, can they find a replacement you think there's rumours for Kone to uh, to go to Fiore is he a direct replacement though because I I was reading Fabrizio Romano the mm-hmm. the, the legend the, the legendary journalist that he is said that he's not exactly the like for like replacement because he does play, he can play striker and on the wing. But if that, if he, if it's if it's if it's as you say, it's mm-hmm. not a direct replacement. Mm-hmm. That means they get corner, but someone has to leave. Mm-hmm. Man. They have too many wingers slash players on who's who can play off off the side of the. Off but side. I don't think them losing well, like well, Sotil or or you know Gonzalez. Gonzalez on the big loss. Gonzalez was expensive for. Yeah, him. he was expensive, but when I'm yeah. It's weird though. Like, why do you buy a player and then just in January or do you think you know? Mm. It's like it's. Very- I mean, it could it could well actually be. It could be that the, that Romano's wrong for the first time in his life that <laughs> that Kone actually is a replacement for for Vlaho. And uh, to be honest, I tend to think that could be the case. I would say so. As and well. and it would be a very very good time. He's been banging the goals in for yes. Leila. He's, he he's a very very good player. But um, I, I I do hope that they either hold on to Vlaho. Or they, or at least he stays in the league. But I don't think the problem is that if they don't sell him in January, they don't get any money for him. So, yeah. and I think they're, I think they said that they're gonna sell him. No, I think they, they there was did, a rumor. They, they, they want to sell him. Him. So they're looking to get him, get him going in January. In January, yeah. Uh, That'll be a major blow to my fantasy. So. To hundred cool. credits, man. That's a lot. Yeah. What can you do, man? Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have deal with them. Yeah. Um. To to wrap up the game, Fiorentina. Finished the finished the week in sixth with twenty four points, whereas Sampdoria starts to keep free falling mm. down to the relegation zone. They're now in fifteenth with fifteen points, mm. looking uh, looking a bit scary for Samp, isn't it? They don't score enough. To be honest. They just don't score enough. Don't score I, enough. I just don't think that their strike force matches well with that team. No, I just feel like the strikers that they have just. Something's missing. Something is missing between the midfield and the strikers. I think youth is what they're missing, or Damsgaard, because they have <laughs> they they are really old players, man. Like uh, Gabbiadini, Quagliarella. I mean, Quagliarella. Most, you know. he's, he's almost as old as him, bro. Yeah, there's Ciccio. Ciccio, no. oh man, but Ciccio, Ciccio has to be a different yeah. team. Can old? Can old? They have it's an aging squad, so there's a lot of experience there, which. Is very valuable, but you know I think they they miss Damsgaard a bit. They miss Damsgaard. I mean, I mean he's not gonna come in and completely revolutionize Sampdoria, no. but he will help a lot. I he think Yankto is a miss as well, man. Yankto, yeah. yeah. I think he provided a lot for the team last mm. year. Jakub. Jakub Yankto. He's a very good TikTok. They have a uh, they have a new striker now. Though they signed one in uh, some some guy from Holland. Oh, I can't remember his name though. Uh, uh, Sam? Iha Hartin. Oh yeah, Iha Tarin, Iha Tarin. Yeah, yeah. He, the, you've assigned him and they loaned him out to Sam. I think that was the case. He's uh, well, he, I think he's probably what they hope he's gonna mm. provide for in mm. terms of some 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 something different up front. 
they they like to uh, mention him a lot like these these like journalists like they say the up and coming players like he's he's one of the ones yeah, that they mention a lot yeah. I don't know I haven't Is seen he... enough of him he hasn't played a lot he hasn't played much I think. no he hasn't Okay, so move on to probably the most boring game of the week. Salernitana <laughs> nil, Juventus 2. Honestly, there's not much to say about this game. It was it, This was more boring than the Inter-Spezia one. Um, at least Inter had a bit of quality in this game because Juve had no quality whatsoever. Uh, but fun fun fact, the last time Salernitana were in Serie A, which was 1998-1999, they did beat Juve wow. on the road. Um, so they were hoping to try and do the same this time, but that was there was not much jeopardy of that repeating itself, to be honest. Um, it was a straightforward fixture. Kuluzevsky and Dybala had a lot of opportunities to score in this game. Dybala was super wasteful. Um, Simic kind of had a half chance um, in the first half. Uh, but finally, when the only time they showed a little bit of quality, Dybala finished off a really good give-and-go with Kuluzevsky. Uh, and he slammed it in with his left foot. Uh, he couldn't have placed it better if he tried. It was a really good strike. And that was the first real moment of quality. And that came in the 21st minute. Chiellini had the goal ruled out for offside. He was the f- quickest to react in the box after a quadrado Fika came off the post. Obviously, you know, there's something wrong when a 37-year-old Chiellini is the quickest to react in the box. You know, Shanti's something's wrong. Right, and it was, correctly, yeah, <laughs> it was correctly ruled out for, um, for offside. Ranieri missed a golden opportunity oh, yeah, for, for Salernitana hitting the post. and was That was probably the chance for yeah, Salernitana. A few moments later, in the 70th minute, Morata scored from a really um, tight angle and put it in between the goalkeeper's legs from a Bera- uh, sorry, Bernardeschi cross. Remember Bernardeschi? He was there, Bernardi back. missed another sitter before Morata won a penalty in the final moments and Dybala absolutely sent it to row Z. Man, honestly, there was a terrible penalty. He what's, slipped. What's his greatest thing there? <laughs> he slipped, to be fair. Um, but it was a really bad miss. Like, was, he sent it, it to row Z. Um, Sanitana, man, how bad are they? I mean, I just, I mean, they're just a Serie B team. They are not. I, I. This is a Serie B team, man. I don't think they're good. They don't have the minerals for Serie A. They don't, man. They just don't have it. I mean, uh, they've tried to buy some players and mm. to make the squad more attractive with Bonazzoli and Ribery and Simi, but it's just not enough. But if you think about Bonazzoli, honestly. Could he, he, what he has in, you know, namesake, like, because his name is quite big, kind of, I guess, with these mid-table teams, he completely lacks in footballing ability, like, because he's <laughs> not a good striker at all. But uh, Ribéry, I mean, he's a, obviously he's world class, but not anymore. Not anymore. He's, 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 he's gone past his, his best. And Simi, man, he's not Simi's, the same Simi. He's I not just the same think Simi. that this is not the team for him. Mm-hmm. And had, I think Simi has all the qualities to be a good player mm-hmm. and to remain a good player. And I'm sure that if he would have gone or he goes to like a Cagliari, mm. he would do bits for them. Yeah. Or or or, or even a Hellas or yeah. or or. Ah, he's, he's a really good striker, man. He's I, a really I, good striker. I think he would be fantastic for another club. Yeah, but Salernitana, but it's not just their offensive output, which is poor from Salernitana, even defensively. As I said before, the second worst defense in the league. The defense is about as useful as a knitted condom, you know. That, that kind, it is a sieve, man. Everything that, every time, I, honestly, if Juventus had a bit of quality about them, they would, it could have been double figures. Like, I'm pretty sure. Um, the keeper made a few good saves, like. There's no preventive marking. They're late to every ball. Ball watching a lot. They, I, I don't know, man. I'm not... I'm, I, I mean, I don't think anyone is surprised that Salernitana is, is doing as badly as they are. But 
um, they're definitely a hundred percent going down. They uh, have to, no, for sure. No doubt, no doubt in the world that mm-hmm. they go down. Yeah, yeah, they're not good enough. Um, Juventus remain in fifth, and uh, Salernitana obviously bottom of the table. We can move on to is it Lazio next? It is uh, Hellas, no? Hellas, Hellas. Oh, what a game this was, man! It was nil nil. But honestly, this was like the most exciting nil-nil you could probably watch at least this season. That, right? that was a very good game. At that the Pentagodi Stadium, both sides changed managers mm-hmm. and they've had really contrasting fortunes. Verona could have made it six home victories in a row. Oh, that's right. If they, they, they did it too, which, which swapped managers yeah. at the very beginning of the season. Oh, wow, you're right. And so Verona could have made six in a row at home, whilst Mazzari's side still haven't... have only won one game this season, just the one. Um, I, I think they're they're worse than. Uh, well, let, let's speak about it after the game. Yeah. I think they're worse under Mazzari than they are. <laughs> yeah, the I agree. I agree. I think they made a mistake there. Um, it was nil nil, and it was that which sort of suggests an even affair. But to be honest, Verona had seventy percent of the possession, and Verona were better. Verona were better. Cagliari were decent defensively. I'm not going to say good, but they were decent defensively. They did get lucky at times, and I think because they just had an, enough players behind the ball, they, they had enough to defend. Rodonovic, of course, was in goal for for Cagliari, not not Cranio because Cranio is injured as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Simeone, in, who is in hot form, missed an unbelievable chance one on one. He hit it straight at Rodonovic, and then he missed another another Charlie chance. Charlie he tried Charlie. to go around the keeper, but he like he completely shanked it like. A terrible effort, and that's the thing. When he's abysmal, he's abysmal. He's like abysmal, he's true. he's not bad. He's abysmal. He's shocking. Um, you know, like um, he couldn't pour water from a bottle. You know, he couldn't pour couldn't pour water from a bottle if the instructions were on the bottle. <laughs> you know, he's he's poor. Like um, Barak was the best player in this game. What a player! He, he had a f- he was the main danger. He had a few shots, which Rodonovic made some really good saves. There were 27 shots in this game, 15 for Verona, 12 for wow. Cagliari. Uh, Verona hit the post from a corner um, after a, from a Davidovic header, which actually came off João Pedro's shoulder, looped over the keeper, but fortunately for Cagliari, it hit the post and then it was eventually cleared. Lasagna had a shot late on, um, which was Kevin heavily Lasagna. deflected. Kevin Lasagna. Uh, what a name. What a name. Kevin Lasagna. Oh. Um, he had a shot which was well deflected. <laughs> it was it was a good shot to be fair, but it was deflected, and it almost found its way in the near post, but the ball just went wide. Um, Simeone, let's talk about him. Simeone, twenty six years old, nine games in four, nine goals in fourteen games, which if you think about it, is really good. Nine goals in fourteen. That's, that's a goal per ninety nine minutes. But all nine goals were scored in five of those games. So he scored against Napoli, Juve, Lazio, Spezia, and Genoa. Mm. Big names, to be fair, in that list. And Napoli, Juve and Lazio. They are, they are. But it's just not consistent, man. No, he's not. It's just not consistent. So, I mean, he's good to have on your squad, but he definitely can't be your main man. Exactly. That is my opinion about Simeone. I don't think he's a bad player. I do rate him. I don't think... He, you, you can't be bad and score the goals he scored against against clubs this year. This year. Like he scored some crazy goals this season. He's, he is, but he's frustrating. Eh? He's but he really is, but that's what I mean. He needs someone with him. If he's not playing alone in a four, in a four, you know, in a one striker mm. only formation, he needs another striker mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. or he needs support. Yeah. And if not, then he needs to be rotated and given some competition. Mm-hmm. Who's supposed to playing against his former former club? Huh? Yeah, could have could have played some yeah. could have played some mind games on his head. His dad, um, of course, El Cholo, El Cholo, the manager of Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone. He said he would never sign him because he wouldn't want to strain their relationship. But honestly, I don't think he would sign him anyway because he's not good enough. <laughs> to, to be honest, I think that's just a front kind of just it to is. save him. 
Um, uh, can Cagliari beat the drop? We discussed a bit about relegation Ooh. content days. I really, really, really don't want to see them get relegated. Me neither. I hope but, they stay up. But I really think they deserve to get relegated. Yeah, they, they deserve They play terrible football. Mm-hmm. I have to say, if there's no Joao Pedro on that team, they play horrendous football. The thing is, they have really good players. I, I have but some that I really like. Uh, is, is it Mesh? No, they yeah. The Marin. The only thing which meshes in that team is Keita Balda and Joao Pedro. Yeah. Other than that, I would I would add Belanova this year because he's been quite. He's good. okay. He's not bad. Yeah, but still, it's just it's. I just feel it's like a, just chaos. Mm. Is it Mazzari to blame or is it just the just, just the mentality I, of the club? I think the team vibe is just completely mm-hmm. off, and I think Mazzari coming has only added more fuel to the fire. Yeah, and I think that under Di Francesco they were losing, but mm-hmm. they were scoring. Yeah. And uh, they, you know they were they were just losing because their defense, as we have been stating many times, it's not up to scratch. It's leaky. It's very leaky, and they need some they need some reinforcements there. Yeah. So you can have whatever manager you want, but you know you need to have some quality there too. Mm-hmm. And Godin is yeah. definitely way past his best. Yeah, he's past his sell by there. Yeah. So Cagliari sitting nineteenth with nine points, just one point above Salernitana, then two points from safety. Verona sit very comfortably in tenth. With 20 points, four points away nice from that conference league spot. Nice very good, very good. So, lots of time. Yeah? Last but not least. What a game this was, man. What a game. What a game this was. This is th- Honestly, now I'm a Premier League fan, but honestly, anyone who was watching United Arsenal instead of Lazio Dinese must be missed. kicking themselves because they, they missed a game and a half. This had everything goals, red cards. Drama, sorry, wearing a mask. Like it was, it was cigarettes. It, yes, munching smoke? on this, munching those cigarettes. <laughs> um, uh, Udinese um, started really well, obviously, in this game. They took the lead only in the 17th minute after Giagiaro dinked in a ball which was headed home by Bet or, or Bet or whatever you want to say, the, the Portuguese striker who rose highest and had Reina scrambling. Um, he's been doing good, huh, Beto? He has. He, then he doubled the study huh, in the 15th minute when Isaac Success, another one of those players who made the move from Success. Watford, um, uh, he, uh, he dispossessed Cataldi and played the, the ball through to Beto who ran between the defenders, rounded Reina and finished expertly. He had an ice-cold celebration as well to match. Goal, it was a really good goal. And and it, and, it, and it was what Udinese deserved at that Definitely. point. They were they, they, were, really they deserved to be tuning up. Mm. However, just two minutes later, Lazio pulled one back, and it was Philippe Anderson who took the ball down the line, gave a low cross in, and after a bit of confusion at the back, a bit of a mess, Chiro could tap it home in a, into an empty net. However, just before half time, it became three one when Delofeo sweated the ball in for Molina to pass it into the back of the net to regain Udinese's two-goal advantage. And at that point, I was actually going in to do my MRI. Um, and I was going in and see 3-1. I'm like, okay, this game's over. Like, it's, that, it's, it's done. However, when I came out of the MRI, <laughs> or it, was just, it was madness. Like, it really looked like, and to be fair, in the first half, it looked like every opportunity Udinese had to score, they did. And then in the second half, it looked like the other way around. So Lazio turned on the style with Pedro cutting it on his right foot after, again, some confusion at the box um, and stuck it home in the 51st minute to bring it back to 3-2. And five minutes later, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic scored a peach of a goal when he received the ball from outside the box and curled it in and it came in off the post. Nothing really Sylvester could have done about it. And it was a sweet uh, left foot strike. Lovely goal. That was the goal of the game for sure. Well... 
Uh, I was going to say it's goal of the game, but... Mm, yeah, nah, yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Patrick really stupidly got a second <laughs> yellow um, for a really silly tackle, like a rugby tackle on, on success. Uh, it was a second yellow, so he should have been a bit more careful. That's why I think it's silly, because the foul itself is not terrible, but mm. um, he, he, you need to be careful. And um, that was just a minute after as well, just a minute after bringing it back to 3-3. Um, this major error though was, was balanced out when Molina of all people rose with Radu and elbowed him in the neck and <laughs> <laughs> got himself a second yellow as well so right. both sides was, without the 10 was, men um, Kung Fu fighting Kung Fu fighting yeah. and with 10 minutes left to play it looked like the comeback was complete when Acerbi rose highest from um, heading home from a Toma Basic cross uh, which was a free kick which quite quite uh, uh, like it was quite a deep line, I thought, yeah. but it was like uh, a really good cross in. And it felt like lots of home and dry, and it felt like that was it. They, yeah, they did feel like they completed the comeback. But, oh my God, there was one more twist in that tale. In the 99th minute, yes, 90 plus 9. A free kick from Udinese from just outside the box on the right-hand side, taken by Forestieri, another ex-Watford. Uh, and he had the calmness and the presence of mind to square the ball to none other than Tolga Arslan who, of all people, was on hand to smack it home. And what a brilliant strike it what was. What a goal. Um, you need to have massive cojones to do that, I think. I know that this podcast always mentions big balls. Yeah. And Matt loves his testicles. <laughs> However, Arslan does have a humongous bear on him. Yeah. Just to, just to, just to, to think about doing that mm-hmm. in the time of the game. And fair play for a stare as well, because yes. you'd think just at that moment, you know, it's it, that moment of the game, you're trying to get something, you just put it in the mixer and hope for something. I think for a stare is so short because his balls drag him down. <laughs> it was a really, really good goal, like, and, and it was a really good way to end it. And Wallace ended up getting a red, by the way, another right, red. Unsportsmanlike behavior. Unsportsmanlike behavior, yeah. Um, uh, but what a game 4-4 Had everything man Indeed. I want to talk a bit About Sarri here To be honest And Lazio Ooh, now, This is going to be A hot topic I'm sure Yeah As you've probably Noticed I'm a Chelsea fan So I, I, have, I, think, I have I think I've realised I think I might have Mentioned this once or twice Maybe um, And I want to put My two cents, two cents here You know on Sarri he, he hates rotation That is obvious He's used the least Amount of players in the league like it's always the same lineup, it's always the same thing, and that is an issue because they are they become predictable after a while. Um, but that is his style, and the thing is, when Sari Ball works, it really works. Like um, I can I can imagine uh, I can remember some of the games that they had this year as well. That game against Inter, that was Sari Ball at its best, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but then it can also go horribly wrong, like it did yeah. against Napoli, Verona, Bologna, Milan. This game to a certain extent, they didn't lose, but they should have lost. Um, you know, and the thing is, he doesn't really have the capacity to change the team. Like it's no. good, it's partly because of the players he has. But even when he had better teams, like when he had Chelsea a few years ago and Juve, like he didn't change the team much. Like, and no. he was all, he was very, very one dimensional. And I think that's yes. a major, yeah. that's a major like negative point on on Sarri's half. Like he he, it's 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 planning or nothing. There's there's no contingency plan whatsoever, and you know. I, I, there's one thing that really sums him up when he was at Chelsea. The, the two games against City in the league, the home game, that's the game at Sanford Bridge, Chelsea won 2-0 and they absolutely bossed City. Like They suffocated them. It was a really good game. They played the exact same football the next game and they lost 6-0 to City. And I think that really sums up. Like, sorry. Every three or four games, they have a shocker. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you think about him as well. 
I just feel like well, I mean I don't really have much to disagree about that. It's very predictable football, it seems like, or at least rather if it's not predictable football, you get fooled by it once, mm-hmm. but you don't get fooled by it again, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if a team does its research and analyzes the way that they play, there are clear um, there are clear ways to play against sorry type mm-hmm. of football. Yeah, and I feel like this um, uh, very direct and kind of counter-attacking style. Re- which which worked well in this game at least in particular mm-hmm. when Udinese had you know the few chances mm-hmm. in the first half mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. all taken mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel like um, I feel like yes it is it is a case of sorry does need some strength in that squad but yeah. he also perhaps starts is maybe also in need of to relook at his managerial book. Mm, and, no, I I mean, he came to manager to be a manager quite late in his life. I mean, did. he was a banker. Everyone knows the story and so on. Um, but I think he's still one-dimensional. I, I, I'm, I do think that he doesn't have the players he would want. No, he doesn't. Cataldi is sure. not a register. Like I'm no. saying, he's not good enough for, for that. For the, I mean, he's not a bad and player, but he's, he's not good enough for the role that Sarri wants him to play. And... Lots have been used to playing with two up front for a while, and she's yeah. been really used to playing with that second striker kind of. And they now he's on he's his own. He's struggling to play on his own. He's man. on his own, and it's I don't know if it works. I mean, Murici, man, I don't think he can be the second striker. Honestly, I'm gonna go in two footed here on Murici, and I feel really bad for doing this. But but honestly, that guy has absolutely zero football knowledge or quality. <laughs> like. What he has is nice flowing locks, and maybe that's why I'm a bit jealous. But he has zero. Footballing knowledge, zero skills, zero qualities. But he's physical, which is... I just can't see how they signed him. Yeah, I mean, he's not starting signing, to be fair, but he's not good enough. But he, not he, he was signed under Inzaghi, yeah. he's also not a, not, not a, yeah. not, not a dim with. Yeah, if they if Lazio have real ambition, they need a better backup. Like They need a better backup to Chiro, because he's not good enough. In fact, in fact, in the game where they didn't have Chiro, they played Pedro striker, so they it shows that Sarri might not trust him completely. Yeah. And Pedro is not a striker. No, I mean, he's, he's a really good player. He's, 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 he's still good. doing, he's he's good. doing quite well. He's doing this better, game than as well. better than expected. Um, he actually obviously made the move. He was coached by both Mourinho and Sarri. He was going to be coached by Mourinho, and he decided to make the move to, to go Sarri. to Sarri. Made the, the move across Rome. He, so. must have, he must have missed the Surrey ball. Yeah. And anyway, just to, to wrap it up, Lazio are ninth with 22 points, three points off our Europa League spot. Udinese in 14th with 16 points, six points from safety. There's actually one more game that we forgot to mention. Torino that? Empoli. Oh, no. We'll go, we'll go, we'll, this also was a good game. Um, in fairness, 2-2 it finished. And Torino was celebrating their 115th. Anniversary this week. Wow! So it had it. It should have been a win for them. And honestly, I think it, it, it could have been if it wasn't for the red card of Singo, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and they were really hoping to celebrate this anniversary in style when, as they hosted high flying Empoli, a mistake in an, in the Empoli build up led to Torino's first goal when Zurkowski completely messed up a pass from Vicario, and under pressure from Tommaso Pobega, who com- continued his run. The ball was in the air, it looped up to Sanabria, who completely mishit the volley as well. But the ball ended up falling for the Milan Loney, and he was more determined than anyone else uh, in, in that situation and stabbed it home. Torino doubled their lead with a brilliant goal from Marco Piaccia, who ran down the left, cut in on his favourite right foot and got into a central area and curled it right into the bottom corner from a flailing Vicario. Um, and like this, with with 15 minutes in, Torino were tuning up and it looked like it was oh, a, a really good way to celebrate their anniversary. But Singo got sent off. He stopped singing, man. Yeah, he he 
I mean, it's harsh. It's harsh. It but the, those are the rules. I mean, the rules, it, it, last, last man, you can't, you can't do it like that. So I think it was a red, in my opinion. It was quite clumsy. And that was the turning point. Simona Romagnoli scored just five minutes later uh, to pull one back for Empoli. Um, as he led, uh, he leaped highest from a corner to hit it in the back of the net. Vanya Milinkovic-Savic um, had um, some very good saves to make and very important saves to make. And he even saved one off the post. It was a really, oh, wow. really good save. Bremer had a really good opportunity to put yes, the game out of was, sight. Yes. When he, somehow he was the furthest player forward, the centre-back. He was the furthest player forward. He ran through, picked up on the loose ball, steamed towards goal, but his shot went wide. Um, in the 72nd minute, Andrea Lamantia scored a fantastic header. It was a really good goal. I really like these goals when they, when they take the cross early and the striker runs in, beats yes. the defender, heads it home. It was a really good cross from Luperto and it was guided into the top corner. Um, it was one of those goals we just say like yeah, it was coming though as well like Empoli looked Empoli, much better yeah, and it was yet another comeback eh, from Empoli, Empoli they, ki- Empoli comeback the comeback kings yeah season, they're yeah, really they're, good they're yeah. it was a game of two halves to be honest Torino were much better in the first half Empoli much better in the second already and truly well, much better from the red card on the red actually of course yeah that, that um, red card really really dampened Torino mm-hmm. they're a fun watch eh, Empoli they're really they fun to watch they're... they have a lot of goals in them they come from everywhere so it's not like there's one player only no, who's no, they, 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 it's a very team effort type of type of football yeah. everyone's trying to play off each other they're a proper breath of fresh air as well they man. are they are I like them a lot yeah um, yeah Torino 13th now with 18 points Empoli 11th with 20 really good from Empoli very good, very good. I think both teams should be happy with the way they've been playing yeah. this year. Uh, much better than uh, previous year for Torino. And I mean, this couldn't be better for Empoli in any way because yeah. this is a new challenge for them and they're, they're taking it mm-hmm. on with great yeah. great courage and bravery. Yeah, they, they're taking the ball by its horns and it shows. Definitely. And they're, they're really playing good football. I really like them. I, 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 I hope, I mean, I don't think they're in danger of going down, to be honest. No. But obviously anything can change. Injuries happen. Yeah. I got a quest. Uh, I got a quest. So our first question is from Farinho underscore ten on Twitter. He asks, "How pivotal will Napoli's injuries this season be in the title race?" I think very pivotal. I think it'll make a massive difference. They're losing their they they're losing their spine. Um, through Zabongi also being unavailable with the African Cup of Nations. That's not an injury, but they're losing a big player. Mm. But then they've got Koulibaly out, Ozyman out, Ruiz out now. Uh, I don't, think, I don't think the Ruiz the Ruiz injury is long-term, though. So that mm. might be a saving grace for them. However, yes, they've lost a number of key players. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mertens is back, which is a definitely a great, um, great asset to have back. However, they've lost a lot. And... Uh, I can't see them winning big games like against um, Inter and Milan and, mm-hmm. and Juve without their star mm-hmm. men. Yeah. I think they can make do without them in the in the sh- in the smaller games. Agreed. But um, in the big ones where they're gonna need those talismans, they they're that's where they're gonna feel it the most unless they're back uh, in full in full fitness. But uh, I agree. I think I think they make a major difference. To be honest, I think without them, they they're not a, they're not the same team, especially with Insignia. Insignia is a big loss. He is. a big loss. It, 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 it now depends whether Lozano and Politano can pick up what uh, Insignia you know, gives to the team uh, and whether they do have some money to, to bolster the squad in some way to, to recover mm-hmm. any of the losses if they are long-term. Yeah. 
Our next question is from Jamie Dodent. I think he's asked a couple of questions before. Yeah, it's Jamie yeah. is a, Jamie's a legend. Thank you for always giving us a number of questions. You're, you're very close friend of the pod. He asks thoughts on Mertens and his role in the current context. Well, this is the roping with the first question, mm-hmm. I believe. Well, Mertens is absolutely fundamental. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to see him back. He's, he's, he's been injured for some time, and now that he's back playing for the squad again and, and scoring goals again and, and scoring good goals, mm-hmm. not, not just you know um, simple goals. Mm-hmm. There have been some very good finishes from him, mm-hmm. uh, both against Sassuolo and, uh, and Inter. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's a brilliant, pay, brilliant player. No wonder he's the, you know, their leading goal scorer of all yeah. time. So... I think that, um, yeah, he's just definitely... He's still got it, though. He's, he's still, still got, got it, it, and I think it's not going to change this year. At least yeah. not this year. Not next year, I don't know. But uh, this year, um, I see that he, he's going to keep the same same quality he had last mm-hmm. year, too. So so. I think what really helps him is the fact that, even though what he lacks in, in pace now, obviously, mm. because he's getting older, he's, he's a very, very smart forward. So very like technically, he's, too. He's, he's, he moves around a lot. Like he's very fluid. He he works well a lot with Insignia mm-hmm. and with the other forwards. So, I I I I think he's gonna have a big role to play now, especially because Osimhen's gonna be out for a while. Uh, Petania is not uh, the answer, so no. he's gonna have a big role. Hopefully, he can keep fit. That's the thing because he does have fitness, a few injuries now. Fitness is the issue now. Yeah, uh, but I think he's gonna be a big role. I again, like we said before, I don't think Napoli are gonna stay on top as they are at the moment. I think they're gonna end up eventually dropping. Mm. But um, if any anything that they do do well will be probably be thanks to Merton and his farm. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, our next question is from Michael Tonna at mtonna97 on Instagram. Michael Tonna, a good friend of ours. He Worst asks, player in Ponte Calcio. Yeah, he's terrible. Absolutely terrible. If anyone knows him, just tell him how bad he is. Um, he asks, what happened to Simi? Well, what happened to Simi? Um... What happened to Simi is he joined Salernitana. <laughs> I agreed. I, I mean, agreed. I, I think it's just that's as simple as much is going to be. I mean, I can give a bit more context. However, the team is just absolutely shambolic. There's just nothing good to say about them almost. And um, I just don't think that Simi fits into that type of football. Simi needs a team which is attacking-minded and... Mm. Uh, where they can play off him, and it feels like Salernitana are just so that they don't even get the chance to go to play mm-hmm. attacking football. So they don't even get the chance to use him really. Yeah. And he, then of course he's not the he's not the fastest, and he's not the um, uh, strongest player in the world. So he's not going to be your focal point. He's more of a poacher, mm-hmm. uh, a poacher who can finish off uh, you know um, a pass into the box from a from a wing from a wings cross or mm-hmm. or or or, or yeah, ball. Yeah, I agree. I agree that he doesn't fit Salernitana system at all. At all, Juric is better to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, Juric is more used to this team as well. Yeah, exactly. But um, honestly, to say what happened to him, I would agree with Luke. I think, I think, because he he made the wrong move. I think definitely he could have gone to a better team, and he would have gone if he went to a team like Cagliari, let's say Genoa, maybe, you know, maybe he would he would suit that style a, a, little, a little bit more. For sure. Final question. This question was asked in by me, actually, but I, oh, wow. I said it before we knew that we were going to do this one, so um, this is not so, me so, being so, vain and choosing so you, my own question. You just love your own questions, yeah. man. It's actually a really good question, though. So I asked... Oh, my God. Um, what do you think about the current Premier League players in Serie A? So, like, uh, well, former Premier League players, obviously, okay, in Serie A. Yeah. So we've got, you know, Abraham Ampadu is um, with, with Venezia, the Smalling, of course, Boga... There's quite a, there's quite a few there's quite a number of them. 
Um, if, to be honest, most of them, bes- buying a few, like buying like Boga, most of them haven't been doing that well. And I'm quite no. surprised. I'm quite surprised because you usually, Vertu also, by the way, is another one. Um, Vertu used to be at uh, Ashton Villa. Oh, Aston Villa, Aston you're Villa. right. Aston oh, Villa. Oh, wow. When Aston Villa had a terrible season. Then he went to Nome. Nome Yeah, yeah. Nome. <laughs> Nome. Um, I, I, I don't... I'm quite surprised because the Premier League... I'm, I'm, I'm going to get slated for this, but I think the Premier League is a, is a better league. It's a bit faster. Um, and, like, you know, you'd think that going into a slower league, technically, it should make things easier. But it's not been the case, to be honest. I, most of them haven't done that well. Abraham hasn't gone going at all. Um, He's been off, off, off and on. Yeah. Either scores or doesn't score for three games, or mm-hmm. it's been very inconsistent. For mm-hmm. I think he's just struggling to to play in that kind of intensity. Yeah. That uh, sometimes this area does does tend to be, you know, it's very very physical, very mm-hmm. very tactical, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's used to that yet. And I think he's gonna need a bit more time before he can start scoring more consistently. However, I never thought that he was the striker to be the solution to Roma's problems, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether he's just playing as good as he can play, or whether there is more to come out of him. I mean, I think he's got more in his locker, to be honest. But I'm not, I'm not hundred percent convinced. Not only by him, but even by the other, by the other um, ex prem players. Like I think they can be doing a lot better. Smalling is um, Smalling. Smalling. Mickey Tyne is another one. He's, oh, he's actually, I think he's one of those who's improved yeah. by going to it. Yeah. He was, he wasn't, he was not. It suits him more. It suits, it suits him, him more. more. At United, he was, um, he was caught out a lot. I think, mm-hmm. I think his lack of pace mm-hmm. sometimes really. Um, Really showed in the uh-huh, Premier League. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he he looked unfit almost at times, yeah. and I think coming here into this area where sometimes it can be a bit slower and perhaps a bit more tactical and rather, you know, it's more about the final pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, I think he, he he excels a bit more because he's got very good technical ability. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I I think um, in that regard, I think most Prem players haven't been doing very very well. You know? No. And um, Boga is probably one of the one. Of, I Boga, think Boga, Boga and I think are the two really good exceptions where they've mm-hmm. they've become great wingers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for their clubs. Yeah. And I think that they've that de- they've definitely added to the quality of the club rather than um, been one of those questionable signings. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I guess this wraps up. This wraps up the 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 um, the episode and the the week. Um, it's been a very exciting week. There were some nice, interesting results, some yeah. some rather straightforward ones. However, uh, I think still an interesting week nonetheless, and uh, we'll be we'll be happy to to host the next episode as well, since episode seventeen will still be under us, since Jake and Matt are uh, probably doing shrooms right now, <laughs> and yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. We we hope that you uh, had fun listening in. If you're still listening, and if. Uh, if you want to give some feedback, we'll gladly hear it. And uh, please give us uh, some more some more questions for next week where we um, uh, tackle this, well, what is it? Game week? Uh, game week, oh. What is it? That's 18? Yeah. I think it's, we're always one, be- one yeah, behind. Yeah. I think it's game week 18. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, thank you, guys, and um, we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you.